Give us any chance, we'll take it. Read us any rule, we'll break it. We're gonna make our dreams come true. Welcome to Nav Genetic Podcast about eight seasons in a row. I'm Lisa Fernandes and... I am Chris Drywardna. Hello. And we're reviewing The Vernon Shirley Go to Night School, an episode from season four of The Vernon Shirley. Uh, directed by Lowell Gans and written by Mark Sotkin. And I bet you Chris has some facts about both of them. Uh, yes, I do. So, Mark Sotkin, it's yet another episode from the man, the myth, the creator of the YouTube show, Boomer Alley. <laughs> um, so he's, he's done multiple episodes of the show. He worked as a producer on the show. Uh, this actually, this one in particular, as an example, is his eighth of 11 episodes that he wrote. But uh, so a little backstory I was able to find out because it turns out this guy, you know, like has done interviews and things like that. Um, I'll have a link to the article below. Uh, but uh, at the um, in Boulder, Colorado, he uh, did a like kind of a, a talk on stage. Yeah. And he admitted, he admitted apparently that as a young boy, he would often fake illnesses to stay home from school and watch sitcoms. He later tried pursuing pre-law and pre-med, as many Jewish mothers ask of their sons, and kept gravitating toward writing. And he started his career as an underwear salesman in Texas, but quickly decided that nothing could be worse, so he moved to Hollywood in 1975 to pursue his dream to be a television writer. And, uh, and we'll, we'll come back to this interview article piece uh, as well, but I will link it uh, below. It's an article from the Boulder, boulderjewishnews.org from 2015. Uh, after this episode, he's going to disappear for a bit. Uh, sorry, he will disappear for a while after Chorus Line, uh, yeah. but then he returns much later in the show as a writer. Yes. Um, so speaking to Lowell Gans, Lowell Gans, obviously, as we know, was uh, you know one of the kind of spearheads of getting the show off the ground, and uh, yet this was his first time directing. Yes. Um, and Lisa, you have a you have a story a bit about that, <laughs> if I recall. Uh, there is a story in the Laverne Shirley biography episode. Penny Marshall described Gantz's experience of directing this episode as being like losing his virginity to a mean lady. So it's the thing you want, but yet it's happening in a really uncomfortable, highly critical fashion. <laughs> yeah, or roughly, very roughly. Very roughly, yeah. In a fun way. So, so basically he had bad snoo-snoo for his, uh, his first outing as a director. Yeah. Broken pelvis and all. <laughs> Everything. Yeah. Everything. One leg, one pelvis. Still grinning. <laughs> <laughs> so he'd say primarily as a writer on Laverne and Shirley, but Lowell, uh, I have to say, this is his only directing credit for this show. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so, that, so what you say tracks a bit. Uh, his later directing credits do include the uh, pilot episode of Brothers and Sisters, an yeah. episode of his own show, Making It, uh, five episodes of Angie, and then he closed his directing career in the 1980s with Joni Loves Chachi. The yeah. episode specifically, No Nudes is Good News. I guess maybe oh. that was a pro, I don't know, what is that, a pro Tumblr, a, a pro Tumblr censorship episode? <laughs> I don't know. I'm almost 100% sure that Joni tries to do modeling to get money for her and Chachi and he objects. I think oh, so. I'm not sure, though. Uh, I have never watched all of Joy Loves Chachi, even though that's on DVD and Blansky's Beauties is not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Give me the Blansky's Beauties crossover episode, CBS. I need it. I've never seen it. Please give it Just to give, me. Give it. Listen, how, listen we, we got a goat. We got a chicken. How many blood sacrifices are we talking here? Like just, just, just give us a number. Just give us a number. Don't do human. Don't do life sacrifice, animal oh, sacrifice, God. children. Don't do that. Um, oh, God. Anyway. <laughs> but anyway, so with that, that in mind, that's, 
<laughs> way off the rails of that. That's great. No, this is this is this is wonderful. Uh, I mean, hey, you know, episodes. we're gonna this 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 really is going to uh, this is this, once we get to the episode, I think it's gonna it's gonna figure. But anyway, <laughs> that's all the notes I have uh, yeah, for uh, this. Um, oh, before we get into the synopsis, because um, we already have the title. My mother had an initial thought when I mentioned the teacher was going to be a jerk. And she said, oh, is it like night school? <laughs> so <laughs> she, claims that she, she figured it'd be a night school because they're working. But at the same time, I'm like, mom, you went to night school, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> she knows. She's been there. She knows. Anyway. Anyway, and please continue. This is what this episode is about. Shirley decides to burn herself up for night school courses in the hope that they'll make buku bucks as a pair of medical assistants. Unfortunately, Laverne is all thumbs in their anatomy class, and her negative experience with the demanding and mean-spirited teacher who seeks to kick her out of the program leave her a bundle of nerves. It takes a pep talk from Frank to make Laverne realize her own self-worth and Shirley's gentle help to figure out where her strongest suit is. Meanwhile, Frank and Laverne run interference for Shirley with a bloodthirsty Edna, when Cheryl starts feeding a wild mouse to take up residence in the building, that Shirley's named Twinkle. What do you think of this episode? How can you kill anything named Twinkle? <laughs> that Twinkle subplot's so cute. Yeah, it's so cute. Um, the setup and payoff to that is really good. Uh, for this episode, I, it's interesting. You know, I've, I, I can be, I hate to be arbitrary about this, but there are some cases where mean characters can be really like hurtful and annoying. And I think it just kind of hits a certain nerve for me. Yeah. I loved the character of Mr. Wilner yeah. in this. Yeah. I mean, I just have to, at the top of the, right out the gate, like this is a character I kind of wish had shown up repeatedly yeah. because he's, he's so good. We'll, we'll get to talk about him in depth. And cause I, I have notes about the actor and everything. And I want to talk about the episode first, but um that was really good. But the but overall the episode is funny. It's it's wonderful physical comedy. It's a very interesting um it's interesting. I like the message of it, especially yeah. that kind of comes around the actual, you know, the 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 lesson, you know, it's like today I learned that some, you know, the whole concept that what interests you will often be where you have success yes. and that, you know, what you like to do, what you enjoy doing, not what yes. you're good at, but yeah. that what is it you have an interest in? Yeah, your passion. Exactly. Yeah. That's kind of my my initial uh, initial thoughts. Yes. yes, I think the reason why the teacher character comes off so well is because he's just he's done with the girls by now. <laughs> this is apparently several weeks. When we get seen involving him. They're apparently several weeks into the course, and Shelly has been that specific and controlling and nitpicky the whole time, and Laverne's been that lazy and not, well, not even really lazy she's not being lazy she's just not good in that kind of classroom atmosphere mm -hmm. uh the combination of the two of them uh, are likely to drive a guy like him who's already under enough stress as it is bonkers so the way he makes sense the way he makes sense in the setting uh laverne's struggle here is so nice and so relatable well it's not nice for her but it's nice for the audience you know to find something to relate to in her mm -hmm. uh I think all of us have felt stupid at some point or another when they've gone to some sort of class and felt out of place and wanted to be smart and wanted to have the answers but just failed because the material did not work for us. That's me when it comes to math. <laughs> for Laverne, it's anatomy and it's medical, it's medical system classes. There's so, two really nice key scenes besides the part where uh, 
before a skeleton falls apart in their hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, way way to kill, way to murder the lost skeleton of cadaver, Laverne. <laughs> poor Mr. Repulsi. Poor, poor Mr. Repulsi. Uh, there's a, the Frank and Laverne scene is so beautiful. Oh, it's, yeah. It's really beautiful. We've got to talk about that in depth, in depth in a little bit. And uh, Laverne Shirley's end cap scene where Shirley tries to help Laverne keep going, keep going to school, keep getting some kind of education and make something of herself in a field where she will thrive. She comes to realize, oh yeah, my best friend excels at physical tasks. She's, you know, tomboyish. She likes to dance. I'll get her this class. No. And this made me realize, this episode made me realize that Laverne would be a great phys ed teacher. Yeah. You know, you're right. Between that and the um, the obstacle, obstacle course. course. Yeah. 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 And she does all kinds of physical things. Uh, she, she's in the shots baseball team. We're going to talk about that later. Mm. That comes up later. I think either this season or next. Yeah, it's it's uh, it was referenced yeah. once though because we saw our yes 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 take my plants please yes in that episode but but Shirley has that light bulb about Laverne oh yeah this is what she's good at I'm good at something else no she's an average student as we found out here mm-hmm. Shirley Feeney pulled straight C's in their high school class yet somehow Andrew Squidwin was the valedictorian. I, I still say that says a lot about the curriculum and the school system of their district. What was going on in that high school? Oh, what was going on in that high school? Man? Part, Every of, time. part of me wonders, wow. part of me wonders, was it secretly the place of either military drug testing or ah. alien body snatcher invasion? Gosh. And so the person who was the teacher didn't know what actual intelligence was or thought that, well, A is the first letter and C is the third letter. So the A means that they're early, so that means they're less refined. C is a later letter that means they're more refined. And they didn't understand how the rest of the human race was going to take that. Yeah, it's also possible that Squiggy is good at a certain type of testing because we can see him rattle off facts accurately and with speed in like the episode prior to this one. Oh yeah. Episode. Mm-hmm. Now he's bad at like trying to visualize a uh, answer to a question, like in the driving episode, driving test episode. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to that kind of learning and kind of textbook learning, he might be just good at memorizing and repeating facts. So, I'm sure that'll end up not being true. Lenny's bad at that. We'll get to that in season six. But uh, yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, the whole it's whole element of where it's about, you know, the you know, what is it? What is your good at and the different types of learning and things like that? Those were all aspects yes. I really enjoyed about it. And in the middle yes. of, you know, in the middle of all that, of course, is, you know, these goofy physical comedies, you know, this the amazing, harsh teacher. And. I thought it was an interesting choice, and I'm curious how intentional this was, that they made Shirley and Laverne look like teenagers in the classroom, and huh. everyone else looks like an adult. Like, everyone else looks at least five years, like, three, even though they're probably the same age, in some cases, younger than them, as, you know, the actors yeah. are. 
And yet yeah. they all are dressed in a way that is less loud, that's less colorful. They're like even the way that they laugh and like because you know, they start to eat up, you know, the the chaos that's starting to happen in front of them. And they're starting to like, you know, like try to hold it in. And it feels as if they're they are adults that are watching children, essentially. And they're, you know, as like you would do in a classroom setting, you're just putting up with it. And it just yeah. was an interesting way of uh, specifying the difference of that. This is not necessarily where they belong. And, you know, that Shirley is now, as she moves, you know, as we then see l later on, Shirley then begins to realize what she's gotten herself into. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Shirley has these grandiose ambitions, and we know that she's smart. We know that she has a drive for certain things. So no wonder she thinks that this is going to be a good thing for her. And we right. find out that she kind of has heavy sledding later on in the course when she has to do a bunch of uh, memorizing. She spent up a whole night up trying to learn all these facts mm -hmm. to keep them to the test. So, yeah. Yep. Shirley is one of those people who absolutely has faith in an unshakable manner, in an unshakable way, in herself. Mm. She believes in herself mm -hmm. and that she can do this thing no matter what. Yep. So. Although she yeah, is, exactly. she is terribly codependent with the fact that she needs yes. Laverne to be there. I mean, my yeah, yeah, yeah my, exactly. Yeah, my yeah. my my mom like immediately recognized that, and I immediately recognized. That. I mean, I remember yeah. talking about this yeah. when we were watching the episode, and you know, my mother's comments. You know, it's just it doesn't doesn't want to go. It's it basically it's not fair, you know, for Shirley to talk Laverne into it, you know, and to yeah. and to goad her into yeah. it, and then. Yeah. The yeah. um and the amount of begging and everything that she does yeah. to get, you know, um try to get the teacher to keep Laverne on, even though Laverne yeah. is sort of yeah. like, good, I'm going to get kept on and get my tuition back. This is a good yeah. thing, you know. Exactly. 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 Uh, Shirley doesn't see... Shirley being codependent towards Laverne is a really interesting twist. Season five, there's the notion that Laverne is codependent on Shirley. We've got a whole episode about that. Hmm. Yeah, that's coming. But yet, it's very... I know we obviously need the plot to go this way so that we can have an episode. But there's absolutely no reason why Laverne couldn't have picked out her own course from the list and done her thing while Shirley was doing her thing. Mm. She could have done that from the start. But, uh, Shirley has this vision where the two of them are living their lives and living them together and living them on a parallel line and because she wants the white-collar marriage, then Laverne's going to want the white-collar marriage. She's going to have three kids. Laverne's going to have three kids. She's going to have a dog. Laverne's going to have a dog. It's kind of it's kind of like she's projecting on her in a way, but it is also her attempt at trying to dream for Laverne and trying to get her a better future and see that she's safe and finds love. Mm-hmm. So. But it's it's she has yeah go ahead yeah go ahead, go ahead. I, no, I, she has the best intentions at heart and she's trying her hardest to do this for Laverne but in the end she's also kind of doing it for herself so mm -hmm. the complexities of human selfishness it's yeah. exactly yeah there it, I I do feel like it comes back to Shirley's mom you know there's this this sort of controlling dynamic yeah. And it's that that is, you know, what is comfortable for her. You know, I, I've, I've observed, you know, as I've gotten older and I've watched the adults around me um, and those and people that I know who are like, you know, they they had complicated relationships with their parents. And to watch them become 
more like their parents. And sometimes it's a yeah. positive, and sometimes it actually is a genuinely positive thing. Um, it only really seems to make itself known to me when it is in a negative where I'm beginning to realize like, okay, now you're becoming a little more selfish or you're becoming a little more demanding or becoming more controlling, you're becoming more passive aggressive, things like that. And I mean, like there's a line towards the end, the, you know, boy, we are quick to flare, aren't we? And my, yes. uh, my notes, uh, I might edit this, but it's shut the fuck up inner Lily Feeney. It just, it was, <laughs> I was so Oh, that I mean, I would have just shouted my fucking head off at if anybody ever said that to me, um, which, of course, is interesting to, you know, to, to prove the point. But it's also it's like, fine, you want to call me quick to flare? I'll give you a quick flare. But yeah, yeah, yeah but, but back on track, that's kind of what I see, though, with with Shirley is that she is very. Um, there is, a, as you said, there is this element of projection. She wants this life for the both yes. of them. She wants to dream for the both of them. And I think she still hasn't figured out sort of in her mind the dream for Laverne that fits Laverne. That is Laverne. It's, a, you know, it's kind of like, because it's the interesting thing we saw like in Debutante Ball, where in some respects she got to see Laverne dancing with the Duke, getting to have this wonderful fairy tale moment. And that was a moment where, you know, it kind of, it synced up. What Laverne wanted, what yeah. Shirley wanted for her was in sync. Yes. But this is, exactly. this case in this episode is, the, is where it's not. And, and that leads exactly. to the interesting conflict of, of it. Um, I do also feel part of it of trying to drag them both in the night school situation. I mean, obviously it's for comedy, you know, um, yeah. but it also is interesting that, you know, the, the quiz that she sh shows her at the beginning of the episode, you know, do you agree that there are too many helpless people, uh, helpless or sick people in the world? And you realize it is not a quiz. It's a guided tour into let's rip you off and make you miserable and take your yeah. money. That's what yeah, it is. That's yeah, what it is. Yeah. I have no idea where these classes are taking place. There are definitely high schools that offer night courses that are legitimate. There are definitely colleges that offer night courses that are legitimate. There are definitely all kinds of places where you can go and take lessons like this and have you ripped off. But uh, that's obviously her just quoting the uh, spiel in the brochure. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was run by a young Mr. Fishoder or something. I don't know. <laughs> that's how he made his money. That's how he ended up. You got Bob's Burgers on the brain. The session. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's too much. <laughs> no, no. Work. You apologize for that. Don't apologize for that ever. No need to apologize at all. I just thought it was interesting that you ended up mentioning it twice. That's cool. As always. <laughs> yes. But yeah, in the end, uh, she thinks she's doing the right thing. She thinks she's going to get them that key in the white-collar world. And they can shove in the lock and open up the door and there's paradise. Right. That's why she's doing it in the end. Yep. I mean, I guess it matches even the mouse arc where she there's that line about putting, Miss, you know, putting Twinkle in the boiler room and setting him free. And it's like, yeah, that is the worst idea. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. You're, you're in Milwaukee in the early 1960s. Maybe they don't know that they're specifically 1960s compared to us in the 2020s now. But yeah. you know, you you don't even need to drive that far away to go find some woodland area. Just chuck him in the forest and let him fend for himself. He's an animal. That's what yeah. that's what they do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like literally, she could drive Twinkle out to that farm, not where Buttercup is. So that's a very long drive, but still, he'd be safe. Yeah. Go be in the country. So, you know, it's a better alternative than putting in the boiler room because I'm sure Edna has poison down there. Oh, certainly. 
Um, she started having zeal. She was really super into killing that mouse. Oh, dude, the she violent. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna no, say no. the violent, violent Edna face. I love it. Yeah. I just, I want yeah. her to be like. <laughs> blood-soaked sword in hand over the body yeah. of a bunch of, you know, warriors giving Conan's what is yes. best in life speech. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. The look on her face just as she envisions smashing this mouse's brain in is just really great acting from Betty Garrett. Mm-hmm. But also, it's so Edna, because she goes into everything with, like, snarky enthusiasm. This time, she is ready to pillage weak countries. Yeah, <laughs> this is what the point exactly. She is ready to crush her enemies, spouse. see them driven before sure. her, before her, and hear the limitations Ooh. of their women. That's what we're getting at. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. There you go. Oh. Indeed, what is best in life? Indeed, what is best in life? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I was gonna say uh, the way Laverne and Frank run interference for Shirley here is really sweet. It is so cute. The way they're trying to pr- both protect Twinkle and protect her. Mm-hmm. And sure is like trying to think of a way to let the poor thing go. Mm-hmm. You do find out what happens to Twinkle. They never directly say what happens to him. Oh man! You can presume Shirley went through with her plan, but she never directly says that I I did it. He's free now. Hmm. I, I I don't know. Maybe they. Uh, <laughs> I just had a thought. They uh, Laverne comes with a plan, a place that she'll she'll be able to li- that Twinkle will be able to live, and it takes it. I don't know. I'm trying to think of what's a good either squalid place that they can live. I don't know. Jake, the, you know, Jake from the Purple Fiends' apartment. Um, there you go. Which is probably, Charles you know, Snake Pit. Yeah, the Snake Pit. Uh, yeah, the Snake Pit. Yeah. There you go. Um, yeah. Uh, or, you know, Laverne getting cheeky puts it in uh, Rosie Greenbaum's apartment, although the mouse will probably last yeah. maybe a couple days. Um, yeah. Because that's, that's the yeah. thing. Ed, Edna, yeah. I think, is is just simply is just so fierce and intense that it's still, and there's interference being run. But I think Rosie, without any interference, I think would murder that thing pretty fast. Yes. Um, yeah, he'd be dead. Yeah. And look, God, the, the line about having the little mousy parties was very cute because it gave me. I know. Yeah, it gave. It's so sweet. It was so sweet. It gave me Joe's apartment flashbacks. <laughs> yeah. I love Laverne's line. The two of them are crawling to the apartment. You got a lot of dirty people living here. When I saw him put cheese up and down the stairs. Yeah. Spend- yeah, which is such a shorty thing. That's for the mailman. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a Shirley thing, though. It is. Oh, it's, that is it totally such a is. Shirley thing. And again, this is where her uh, love of animals becomes more part of the character, even more of the season. This yep. is where it starts. Started a little bit last episode, but it becomes really, really important. We saw a little bit of it with Buttercup with Dwayne and Eddie mm-hmm. in previous seasons, but it becomes even more of a part of who she is. Starting here and now, and it's uh, yeah, it's a good yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, this, oh, sorry, go ahead. God, yeah, please go ahead. I gotta say, I love Laverne's excuse for not wanting to go to these classes. It got in the way of bowling. Mm-hmm. And then Shelly goes, "How can you not make? How can you make money bowling? And like they don't have pro leagues. They have pro leagues, girl. Oh yeah. Even then, they had pro leagues. You could definitely make money." And Laverne's an excellent bowler. Mm-hmm. So I love uh, Laverne's response for that. It's not lying, though. I'll boy for 10 bucks. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Good, money. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Goodness. Yeah. And it's it's interesting. The uh, I, I wonder, you know, when it comes to medical assistance, you know, and, and Cheryl can yeah. be kind of squeamish. Yeah. I wonder, if, again, I just I wonder 
how much she realizes what she's getting herself into. I would love, like, yeah. I, I guess, I guess I'm curious, like, does this arc continue? Like, does she end up getting any sort of further into the medical assistance field? Actually, no, it does not come up again. Gosh. Exactly. I mean, that, that is a uh, done plot. God. Yeah, I mean, I, cause there, there, there's again, just so much room for comedy, so much room for, yeah. for, for heartfelt, you know, drama and, and pathos yeah. and gosh. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. at least, at least we got Mr. Wilner out of it. Exactly. I have always thought that Shirley, at the end of her arc, should have been about her either becoming a veterinarian or becoming a pediatrician, something like that. Something she'd be really good at and something that's in the medical field because she, 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 yeah, she continuously shows interest in the field beyond just dating the cute hot doctors and dragging them home to her cave and marrying them. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though it would probably be impossible for her to stay in that field because she faints every time somebody jabs a needle into something. I'm like, oh. mm-hmm. Apparently, Cindy Williams uh, wanted to be in the medical field as well at one point, and she faints at the sight of blood. So that that's in a uh, book about Cindy and Penny that was published back in the 70s that a friend of mine was excerpting has read yeah, and that allowed me to see Scanza. So that's an interesting factoid. A very interesting factoid. Yeah, and Scarlett. it's another it's another rem- it's another reminder that uh, Shirley is a lot like my mom, or my mom is a lot like Shirley because uh, my mom t- t- tried to be a phlebotomist for a while, and oh, uh, that didn't last. That didn't last. Oh dear. Oh. <laughs> um, oh. But uh, but yeah, but it's it's interesting, and that's and also I I find it interesting how. Um, I'm really curious, you know, surely, because this is another thing, you know, talking about like, you know, getting into the medical field. A lot of it's about truth. It's about honesty. It's about science, hard science. Yes. And I love when she encounters Mr. Wilner and is yes. trying to convince him is doing the begging. And, you know, as you come, it's a total teacher's pet. Um, people, I mean, because people do not give two shits, man. Yeah. Just welcome to adulthood school, surely. Yeah. And then she hardcore lies. It's like when yes. she decides to lie, she goes big yes that's how her her tendency towards fantasy living her tendency towards imagining big things daydreaming comes right to the fore here laverne's off rescuing children from burning buildings she had to get smoke pumped out of her stomach yep (laughs) it's such a ridiculous lie and laverne comes in all hail and hearty saying she was teaching some uh, neighborhood girls how to do their first noogies Right. Which is so exactly. cute. It was really so cute. cute. And that's when the fire broke out. <laughs> so we got we finally gotta talk about Hans Conried, the uh, the actor. It's okay. So so Hans Conried plays Mr. Wilner, the teacher in this episode, aka he is the voice of Captain Hook in Disney's Peter Pan. Yes, yes he is. Yes he is. He, uh, talented and prolific voice actor and character actor that even after his death in 1982, things are coming out using his voice. I mean, he was probably voicing things in 82 that didn't get finished until like 84, 85. And uh, that's pretty impressive. Now, further impressive is, you know, this is not someone who died young. This is someone who, uh, who started as an often uncredited bit player all the way back to the 1940s. And when I say he worked a lot, I mean, we're talking like you look at his credits on IMDb, and he's in like, you know, 15 movies across a decade. 
And his filmography is so dense. I mean, he goes from World War II era spy films to 1950s TV. He's even on Rocky and Bullwinkle. He's the voice of Snidely Whiplash. Yes. So cool. And and then uh, he played the Grinch in one of the later 70s cartoons. He was the slave in the mirror on the magical world of Disney, which I think is where I recognize him from because I remember seeing replays of that on the Disney Channel as a child. Yeah. but seriously, anyone out there, you know, we've been kind of I've been trying to skirt around this because I just like holding on to this information. But yeah. check it out. Uh, check him out on IMDb. Tip a hat to him and say, you know, Hans, you've done good because yes. uh, I hope he's resting peacefully with a job well done, you know, feeling of satisfaction because, gosh, what a what a talent. And he is so good in this part. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. that, that horrifying good place level story. And yeah. then the punchline. No, thank you. I'm waiting for the next train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my personal favorite was, which did the late Mr. Repulsi die of? He died teaching night school. <laughs> and, then, and that surely then, takes on the note. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. This, oh, my God. Oh, man. She, she says it out loud to you. He died teaching night school. Yeah. My <laughs> mom got a humongous movie. laugh out of that. Great. Super big laugh out of that. <laughs> Understandably, this is a great little moment. Yep. Uh, go ahead. Um, he does a so great job. I was job. just going to. Yeah, he's great. And, and and that's what I mean. It's like he's he's a jerk, but he's a hilarious jerk. I mean, he's he is wonderfully. And as we're saying, you know, he he's lost his patience. He's been, tr- yes. you know, the first week he may have been a sweetheart to these two. Yes. And trying to be patient, cool with it. And the amount of like second chances and all of that being given and just everything keeps getting harder and harder yeah. and harder. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's yeah, you can see that. I mean, by the time I mean, I love that when he comes back. <laughs> And Mr. Re- Mr. Repulski, Mr. Uh, you know, has yeah. been uh, damaged yeah. to beyond repair. The the way his his face, his mouth twitches, the, the yeah. twitch, twitch, twitch. Oh God, yes. just so good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. The whole physical comedy with the skeleton, with him, I mean, is is amazing. Exactly. Um, I mean, my mom even pointed out when Laverne's got the skull under her uh, under her sweater, it looks like. Yeah. Uh, Little spunky having this, you know, make this as the skull imprint from high score from my from my Aww. horror film. <laughs> That's cute. Yeah, which which for yeah. those who are familiar with my work, my mom was actually the one who did the puppet and yeah. I actually operated it too. She was the yeah. puppet operator for the for the the, the burst shot. Yeah. Um, it's pretty cool. But anyway, this is yes, mom is super it's... talented. You have to remember she that. is. She is very this, talented. This is why. That's why she's my super awesome mama. Yes, she is. Yeah, but yeah, it's 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 hilarious comedy. The time I love the timing when Laverne tries to escape and uh, Shirley opens the door on her. Yeah, like, it's per- perfect. Absolutely. And you even mentioned you can hear Eddie losing in the audience, if I recall. Yeah, you can hear yeah. his distinctive laugh in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you can hear Eddie, Michael, and David at various times in various episodes. Absolutely on the soundtrack, cackling. And they all have distinctive laughs. You can absolutely tell that it's them. And that they're off, they're off stage waiting for their cues. And they know when to be by X door or in X spot by a certain line. But in the in-between time, they're just watching the girls act. You can hear them just lo- losing it, laughing. Mm-hmm. It's great. Mm-hmm. You can definitely hear Eddie. You can definitely hear Eddie in this episode. I don't know if he had any scenes cut because I don't remember him actually being in this episode. Yeah, he's not in this episode. I was thinking Neither about that boys. too, but yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, that is unless, you know, just they were going to or unless they were doing rehearsals for what was coming next or had a meeting or something or I don't know, just be moral support, you know, one never knows the backstage atmosphere. One never does know. 
Um, yeah. It's interesting to me, Ari Laverne's reaction to this whole scenario of trying to go back to school. She is never afraid of anything. We've never seen her really be afraid of much. But when it comes to being in a learning environment, it just takes her right back to high school and she just becomes afraid of being dummy DeFazio again. She just seems mm-hmm. to develop a social that For her, that's very fascinating because it's a trait we have never seen in her. She has this like iron confidence in what she can do and what she's good at. So I just, you know, I think it's a very fascinating episode for that alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of it's it's kind of cool that way, and that's at the very least it helps bring out the nervousness, which then leads to the physical comedy. I mean, it's yes. it's a it's an episode that I think it uses the aspects of these characters quite well. And I think Sotkin, this being his eighth episode, and he'd been working on the show for years, I think that really um, that really helped that he understood that world and these characters and these aspects of them so well to be able to use utilize that. So it's like, well, we need to we want to have something funny, something physically funny. You know, here's this opportunity because she's uncomfortable with school. She didn't have a really good high school experience. And it's uh, an educational uh, environments, you know, are, are rack nerves. So, yeah. yeah. And I love how she has her own way of trying to memorize these things, like with when she does try to pull up to because the reason for going to Mr. Rapolsky is because it's like, I know what this is. It's the funny. It's the joke bone. You know, it's so yeah. the joke was so funny. It was humorous. It's the humorous. Yes. And the Una and Anna, you know, the, yeah. the aunts. And, yeah. um, you know, and it's it's only when she's not paying attention that, bam, you know, she something happens. Yeah. It's an accident, you know. And it's also a very poorly uh, assembled skeleton if it was ah. able to come apart and not be put together so yeah. well. So I don't it's know if. It's uh, very delicate. I know I worked with a skeleton in biology class when I was like, God. 15 or so and my instructor warned me that it's a very delicate skeleton i don't know if that's just how they're pinned together and then sent into the academic world but apparently some skeletons have super delicate jointing the way they uh, Mm. pin them in with like big ass metal pins so they won't fall apart right so Mm. so it might just be Mm. a skeleton thing that it's a little flimsy but i hope not you know, because obviously they got to last a long time. They don't give schools a lot of money for stuff like that. Uh, the whole thing about Laverne bringing up the uh, names of the parts of a person's body pays off in a really great joke. I'm going to break your cranium with my my, my Uma, which is mm. fabulous. And it proves that she knows the material. It mm-hmm. proves that she mm-hmm. has memorized the material. Threatened her roommate and best friend, but she has memorized the material. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love the way that whole little part of the story pays off. I think it's really well done. Yeah. Yeah. Altogether, it's yeah, it's 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 good stuff. There's a lot of there's a lot of great aspects, and um, you know, there's there's and I felt that their argument and fight that they have, yes. you know, is um, you know, is handled well, and it's an interesting like they have to really yes. hash it out. It's not a very like it's not a light fight. It's a pretty big one. It's a pretty yes. major one. Yes, yes. It's not as violent as the one they have in uh, the festival and various other fights that they're going to have and had and will have had and will have in the future. But it's up there. Exactly. We have to remember, you know, she's not mad. You know, she only ate two scooter pies. When she's mad, she eats six. Yeah. And then she gets pissed off. But yeah, yeah. And puts on a robe and puts her hair up in curlers and. Yeah. Yeah. My mom was my mom was so demanding. (laughs) 
She should apologize to Laverne for guilting her into it. That was really yeah. selfish. And then, like, you know, a couple seconds later, I'm sorry, Laverne. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, great. yeah. I love when things like that work out that way. So totally. But, uh, but I love then this moves into the, um, the tag scene, which is another Dear Diary segment. Yes, yes, yes. I got an A plus and Phil player asked me out. Such a good line. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I love that. And it's because, it, it, you know, I mean, it works out Laver for Laverne. Also, she looks really good in plaid. Not going to yes, lie. Yes, yes, yes. Not, not everybody. Can, I mean, as speaking as someone yeah. with just the right complexion that just doesn't work, I'm, right. I really am impressed with people it does work with. Laverne, Laverne, Laverne and Penny, both look great in plaid. You see that in the next episode, Date with a Racerhead. She has this really nice plaid shirt that she wears a lot in season six. And she looks fabulous. Penny just looks hot for the majority of season six and seven, but it, then that shirt, she looks amazing. That's my little opinion. Yeah, she looks fabulous. She looks fabulous. It's, it is yeah. hard to argue that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's fabulous. Underline fabulous. Mm -hmm. Let's backtrack to the Frank and Laverne scenes. We haven't addressed it. You're right. My apologies. I jumped. No, I, jumped okay. the, no, I jumped the ball okay. there. Because I was going to mention how sweet it is and how fond it is and how intimate it is in the right way. Mm -hmm. uh, I love that apparently Frank did uh, some, some kind of medical or first aid stuff in the army. I helped a lot of people. I thought that was an interesting detail for his character. I love how he brings up Josephine, who runs mom, which we won't find out mm -hmm. her name is Josephine for a few episodes, but her name's Josephine. We'll here. Um, uh, that her mother is exact was exactly like Laverne in that respect. In that mama was a dummy. <laughs> Don't say that. Don't say that ever. <laughs> uh, in that she would learn something if she loved it and keep up with it for ages and ages and ages and ages. But if she couldn't grasp mm. it, she call herself a dummy and just reject it. And that's really, yeah. It's really, I love how familial relations work out that way sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, there's there's that line, find something you'll like, you'll be a champ again in no time. That is such a good line. That's so cute. It's so sweet. And it's pure Marshall sitcom, but it's delivered so well. Mm-hmm. It's really sweet. And it, and even his silly little story about her with the map puzzle pieces, but it's not yes. at that point. The, it was at Wyoming. It's like, boom, boom, boom. You know where to put it. It's uh, it's it's very sweet. It's and it's interesting. You know, we we have been angry at Frank in the past, yes, and um, you know, I as that's my that's my note. You want us back, Frankie Fabrizio, my boy. Yeah. <laughs> that's just my note there. Well, considering how he's been towards Laverne over the past like couple of seasons with the I want grandchildren stuff, you know, it's understandable when we get frustrated at him, and then he redeems himself in the festival. And he redeems himself in this episode. You go, oh, yeah, that's why we like the character. It's like with Carmine. Mm -hmm. Carmine does a rash of horrible things and make us want to kick him in various parts of his anatomy, but then he'll bounce back with the dance studio. Or bounce back and uh, do something good for the girls and go, oh, yeah, that's the character we like. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. It's... Yeah. That's uh, one of the issues sometimes with, you know, the either the showrunners or the, the way the writer's room is run, that just uh, some characters, they get those inconsistencies or they decide like, oh, we got to put this in to make it, you know, balance it out. And it's like, eh, not necessarily, not necessarily. 
but um, but yeah, I don't know. I, the hell do I know? I don't run a TV show. I don't write in a room. I mean, I, what am I? When, what am I saying? I'm in a room where I write. What the hell am I talking about? Okay, never mind. Moving on. Um, yeah, I think that pretty much covers my uh, most of my main notes I wanted to cover. I was gonna mention a few more things. I loved Laverne's line. The only good, the only thing I'm good at. My father would kill me if I did. This <laughs> uh, also, during the girls' argument, uh, Shirley hands Laverne a, a uh, brochure for the courses that are had taken place at the school. And Laverne reads out loud, taxidermy, an interesting career for you and your pets. <laughs> oh, God. That's oh, that's disgusting. Bad. That's disgusting, Cheryl. No. <laughs> no. What do you want to do? Do that to Twinkle? <laughs> no, no. Oh. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. You re- And then I do like the one. See, you, you, so what is it? Social recreations and yes. like recreate. Yeah. Or recreations manager. You recreate and then you manage it. <laughs> and then the line about how all there, there are a whole bunch of handsome guys, handsome rich guys. Hanging out at these uh, places that you where she might get a job, which is really good. Right, actually, I, I actually have that written down. Yeah, yes. a social director at a resort where wealthy men gather in short pants. In short pants. <laughs> a cruise director on a luxury liner with shuffleboard, shuffleboard sailor boy. <laughs> and like they teach, work in a nursery and teach kids, you yeah. know, dancing and and physical activities yeah. and teaching them noogies. Yeah, 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 it's adorable. That whole bit is adorable. It shows you how well. Shirley knows her best friend and how to get her to do something. She knows she likes looking at guys' legs. So, and she likes hanging out with kids. There you go. That's how you get your friend to take a course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, all together, it was, it, but it was good. Yeah. And I also wanted to point out my mother liked that it was, you know, Shirley was trying ultimately was trying to help her just, you know, get into yeah. a higher paying job. You know, so it's yeah. not just working at the brewery at the rest yeah. of her life. Yeah. 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 And she wants her to be happy and she wants her not to exactly. suffer. And in Shirley's mind, the two of them are going for the stars. The two of them are going to be high class, quite ploy wives that shop at fancy department stores hmm. and don't have to put things back because they're too expensive. That's where her head is, and that's what she wants. And then accidentally, you know, and accidentally take a scarf that then leads to them <laughs> getting put in jail. Yep, yep. And then eventually end up on death row for accidentally robbing a bank. We'll get there. Blink, blink, <laughs> blink, 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 blink. Season A. <sighs> Season A. I feel like I and is this the moment where I'm Ripley and you're the alien from Alien Three? I'm just just like season eight. <laughs> yeah, here comes the here comes the second head and the little long neck just shooting out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Now I want to I want to Photoshop that now where it's uh it's 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 gonna be me as Rip you know put my <laughs> face on Ripley, then yours is the alien and then mouth open and you have the little season eight DVD sticking out. <laughs> <laughs> I had a running joke with one of my friends that the eventual season 8 DVD because we waited a long long time for the last few seasons to come out the eventual season 8 DVD should have been sold in a paper sack with a marker drawing of Carmine on it and several pictures of Squiggy taped to the back 
because that's the season oh, eight slot. Man, oh man, oh, oh, that's gonna be uh, we'll get there. That's gonna be something. Yeah. Deep hurting. We're only, we're only, we're not even halfway through the series, honey. <laughs> uh. Deep hurting. Deep uh. hurting. Oh man. Okay. All right. Well, I guess anyway, but back back on track to things that are yes. pleasant that we liked yes. and that we did like. Let's talk let's talk to the, about the things that we did. We talked to the things we liked. So now we gotta tally up them them drive in totals. Yes. Okay. Because it did have skeleton foo. I think Joe Bob yeah. Briggs would be satisfied with that. No boobs though. He'd be so disappointed. Yeah, no, no yeah, no zero naked breasts. No. I mean uh oh, Okay, before I forget, did you notice? I noticed this on the second time that I watched it. It's when she's pointing out all the stuff. Um, scroll back up. So I wrote this number down. Uh, geranium, ster- okay, the sternum. Um, show us anything. When, okay, when the teacher takes a seat, just show us anything. And this is where his hair was. The background actors are trying to keep it in. This little thing he was. And then his face, you cut to his face suddenly reacting. And when you cut back to what she was pointing at, she's pointing at his junk. <laughs> Welcome to the family hour was again, kid. <laughs> so it it keeps it, you know, it keeps it as tame as it can with but it's like if you yeah. catch that, you know, so yeah. I think they cut it. I wonder if uh S M P basically said, uh <laughs> no. It's possible that also it's a syndication edit, so it could be aired in the middle of the daytime. God. Also possible. That is somehow such a Laverne thing to do, by the way. Yeah. It really is. It really is such a Laverne thing to do. Yeah. This, this is this is where his hair was, and this is where his his fun parts were. <laughs> <laughs> Her favorite part. Oh no, the best part. <laughs> yeah. I had to mention before we go to Gray's, the best line in the in one of the best lines of the episode. Is uh, Shirley's final remark in her diary? P.S. Where is the justice? <laughs> such a great, oh, knowing such a great what's camera. ahead, I, I I have to say the justice yeah. died a long time ago. Got buried. But, <laughs> oh, okay. we'll, trust we'll, me, yes, it dies. Oh, it dies violently. It dies a horrifying death. Yeah, uh, yep, yep. Our, it does. Our regular commenter, uh, Amy, this on the uh, our YouTube channel. Uh, remark that watching uh, season eight is like watching your friend drown and then a shark starts coming towards them. And that's accurate. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, that would probably be my luck if I ever fell off the boat in the ocean. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Goodness gracious. Anyway, ranking. So yes. what would you give this one? This one is a solid eight for me. It's really cute. It's really nice, beautiful message about finding your true self is a nice feminist message too about finding what you're good at and for a woman in the 60s to find your calling and pursue your calling pursue higher education when you're a blue-collar worker is a very very powerful statement to make mm-hmm. uh the scene with frank and laverne is adorable top 10 one of their best uh talks uh everything with the girls D- differing ambitions and the two of them figuring out how to make themselves happy without like hurting each other is solid and beautifully done. Hans Conrad is so good. He's so good. He's such a good, exasperated, horrified teacher. Um, 
And the whole Twinkle subplot is hilarious. And adorable. Mm-hmm. So that's an eight for me. Where are you running? I'm I'm thinking the same. I think a good solid eight. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's the great mixture of it's funny, it's sweet, it's poignant. It's got a good message. It's got kind of social commentary. It's um, yeah. The and you and you're right. Yeah, the feminist angle of it is is fantastic. I mean, you know, as as uh, yeah, my my mother watching my mother who grew up during the time when um, when this was uh, you know, when the show was taking place um. She commented that, you know, this this was one she really enjoyed because of the fact that there was definitely a sense that even though it was kind of cruel that surely, you know, manipulates her into going with her, that she um, the the goal, though, and the sisterhood that comes out of it at the end was really important. And also that Laverne gets to finally feel accomplished at something, you know, and and or she's not finally, but just we, we haven't seen her get to have a really good victory in a while. We, you know, especially yeah. this season, we've seen her take a lot of knocks. And so this was. Uh, this is a good way of her getting back up on top again. Exactly. And Hans, man, I would have loved to have seen that character return. Like just to even to see him as like different characters that get yeah. flustered by him. Like he's he's the guy at the bakery that or like the the supply store where, you know, Pop has to go get supplies and Laverne has to go do a run for flour and eggs and stuff like that, you know, as, as a what is it, a distributor or a supplier, you know? Um, he could be he could go to work at Shant's brewery for whatever reason, you know. Yeah. There could be it could be the weird flip side that he gets along really well with Lenny and Squiggy for some reason, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this, there's so many ways he could have been used, but you know, but yeah, he was an incredibly prolific actor and uh, you know, it's just, that's just kind of what happens. But like I said, you know, this is, this is what happens with these great guest characters. Sometimes they, they just never come back, but um, it's good stuff. This is really good. Yeah. I was going to say Hans Conrad would have been a great, a great casting choice. For Squiggy's Uncle Elliot. Oh my God! Yeah. Wow! <laughs> yeah! Wow! Wow! We hear about him. He's always used as a plot device. We never see Uncle Elliot. He would have been a great choice for that. I think he would have been amazing. Gosh! Yeah. And this that we are def- mm-hmm. we're not in the worst timeline per se because we've had a lot of good things in this timeline, yes. but we are definitely in one that is. Not quite as bright as I'm sure there's another one that's a little better for more reasons than just a TV show, I swear. But yes. <laughs> uh, all right. So yeah. excellent. I guess if that's um, if that's it, I guess. Um, yeah. All right. Well, uh, thanks again, everybody, for joining us for Night After Night. And if you would like to know more, please find us at Night After Night Pod on Facebook, Tumblr, WordPress and uh, Patreon as well. Okay. Or night f night pc on twitter uh you can uh you know throw us drop us a bone throw some uh throw some comments throw some uh some actual bones for the patreon get some incentives going and uh you know it's uh it's a good you know it's a good time we we enjoy doing the show and we hope you enjoy it as well um you know it's it's just we just hope that whatever memories that you that you have with us that you don't want to erase them at any time you know <laughs> but um anyway uh on that note uh lisa what do we what do we have next for our our lovely audience it's the Peaceable's 10th anniversary, and Shirley and Carmine are breaking up. Will they make up? This is Date with Eraserhead. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure I'll probably like it. All right. Well, um, I guess uh, we'll see how <laughs> things go, and catch us next week, everybody. Have fun, y'all. See you soon. Mm-hmm.